Bonjour and what up? This is Ethan Sawyer, aka College Essay Guy, and welcome to the podcast, where it's my goal to bring more ease, joy, and purpose into the college application process. Now, how do I do that? Well, I've scoured the globe far and wide, and I've found some of the most well-informed, most experienced, most awesome people in the admissions world, and I'm bringing them together in one place. My role here is first to ask some probing questions to figure out what it is exactly they do, and then to try and convert those into the most efficient, actionable, practical steps that you can take in an effort to obviously make your college application process easier. For this episode, the theme is summer. Cue Olaf from Frozen, which my daughter watches on repeat. I've gotten to know one of the foremost experts on summer, Jill Tipograph. By all accounts, she's the go-to media resource for summer and youth. She's been featured in, get this, the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, USA Today, Forbes, Business Week, Bloomberg, the list goes on and on. CNBC, MSNBC, US News and World Report. Her two kids have been campers, camp counselors. They've done a variety of pre-college summer programs. Jill is an independent educational consultant with 20-plus years' experience in this industry. She's the founder of Everything Summer and Beyond, through which she guides families worldwide through this complex and important process of planning a summer. Jill and I had a great conversation. In this episode, you'll hear her share some great questions to ask when it comes to planning a summer. We talk about the 2014 National Pre-College Summer Survey, which Jill put together with a colleague, where they basically went and asked 50 colleges what summer opportunities matter the most on a college application. So she'll share the results of that. I also asked her whether or not those expensive summer programs are worth it, uh, what students and parents should do but often don't do when it comes to planning their summer. Plus, there's this really cool teen program evaluator you can check out that's basically a scorecard that students and parents can use to determine whether or not a summer program is a good fit. And finally, I even asked Jill which program is definitely going to get my daughter into Harvard. <laughs> and then she gives me an answer. All this and more you will find on this podcast. So hope you enjoy it. Let's get to it. If we needed a summer expert, we've got her. Jill, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, and I'm thrilled to be here. Jill, what do you do, and why do you do it? Well, I really feel fortunate that my vocation is actually my passion in terms of helping children and teens figure out who they are, what are their passions, how can they deepen those interests, and how can they challenge themselves so that they really grow and become prepared for their next phases in life. Here at Everything Summer, we're really focused on finding the right fit experiences to help them and their families. And I look at everything as a lens of a parent because I've had over two decades of personal and professional experience advising families and raising my own children. So we want to look at things that are going to help a student really develop appropriately and become successful. So this holistic approach in terms of finding the intersection between what they do during the school year and the summer really lets them use the summer as an exploration time and to go into greater depths and areas of curiosity. And we find that the outcomes are really remarkable, both for them and their parents. Awesome. And, you know, just a side note to the listener, when I asked Jill to do the podcast, I was thinking of calling the episode How to Plan an Amazing Summer. And Jill suggested, well, why don't we call it How to Plan a Meaningful or Productive Pre-College Summer? And I said, that sounds awesome. So Jill, talk to me a little bit about that. Like, why do you feel like it's important to make, make it a meaningful or productive summer? Like, what's that distinction about for you? 
Well, I think that when children are children and then they move into the different phases, you know, everyone looks at the summer as fun and frivolous and take a break and let your hair down and all those similar types of things. But as you get into the high school years, everything matters, um, you know, whether we like it or not. And so you have to look at everything with a lens of what's the purpose of what I'm doing? What am I going to get out of it as much as I want to, of course, enjoy myself and, and take a break? So summer is really that unique time during which, you know, this hyper-structured life that kids have during the school year with rigorous coursework and extracurriculars, rehearsals, sports practice, homework, standardized test prep, you name it, can, you know, be a little bit different, but it needs to have a focus. So we want them to also have experiences where they're becoming more independent and they're learning about life. And these are all critical steps to take for college success, as well as, you know, really focusing on socialization and just learning beyond the classroom and, of course, disconnecting from social media, which helps immensely. But the, the real crux of the summer needs to be this balance between meaningfulness and fun. Right. Tell us a little bit about this, this 2014 National Pre-College Summer Survey. You know, what is it? How'd you develop it? And what did you learn? Well, it really was an important study, and it's, it's still very valid. And I did it because even though for all the years that I've been working with clients in this area, and I always on a one-on-one basis would have conversations with college admissions counselors, I kept thinking, wouldn't this really be great if we could quantify or at least qualify with trends what they thought would be, you know, a great use of time in the summer with a lot of different variables for these teens as they prepare for college. So I teamed up with a colleague of mine whose name is Paul Kayser, and he's a college and summer program counselor at the Bergen County Academies in New Jersey, so that we could really un better understand the impact of a student's high school summer experiences on their college application, admission, and actually successful transition to college. So, Jill, would you be willing to share that the 2014 National Pre-College Summer Survey with the listeners? Yes, I'd be happy to share a summary of the survey results. Awesome. Thank you. So we'll link to it in the show notes so you guys can check that out. Jill, what are some great questions that parents and students can ask when it comes to planning out a summer? Well, I think that parents and students sometimes don't take a step back or they don't take enough interest in the particulars about an experience where both could impact them. For instance, what kind of student is successful at a specific program? Uh, you know, it's really important to self-evaluate this fit. Will I as the teen flourish there or not? And what does a typical applicant look like so that I as a teen engage the competitive landscape? Is it going to be worth my effort? Should I manage my expectations differently? And then looking at the itinerary of a day, is it packed full of projects and instruction with very little downtime? Or is it the opposite where you have two or three hours of classes and a lot of downtime? Well, where do I fit in comfort and where does the parent fit? The other thing to really focus on is staff and supervision. We all always get this sense from parents whose children have been, let's say, to a residential camp for several years and moving on to teen programs. Our first caveat is... The best supervision is never going to be as they had it in camp. You have to understand that. So you need to get comfortable with that and understand that there will be less of it, but they are there for safety, and there are gradations to the amount of staff supervision in the programs, and we probe 
very deeply on that in terms of, you know, boundaries of where they can travel. Do they go in groups? Do they have to check in? Do they have curfews? All these different things, the backgrounds of the staff, very important. The other thing to pay close attention to are the electronic and medical policies. There are many programs that don't allow technology. There are programs that require technology. Really understand what happens in a medical situation because when you're on programs that are traveling, you're not necessarily stationary where you can go to a clinic or to a hospital, and you have to understand how that will translate if there's a nurse there or if there's a doctor there or if there's no one there. And very important is the, to understand the protocol of how situations will be handled. Parents have got to understand that things will occur. And how it's managed is the, the critical aspect here. And everyone should read the contracts because the programs will follow through on the contracts. Gosh, and there are so many choices, right, even when it comes to picking a program. So there are the, you know, things to consider in terms of the program, but even like this huge array of, you know, there are academic programs and community service programs and language programs. But Jill, I got to ask you the question that, that I really care about is that I know Zola, my daughter's only two years old, but I need, I need you to tell me honestly, which one is going to get her into Harvard? Like which one is going to guarantee that if she does this program, she'll get into Harvard? <laughs> ha ha. I'm laughing because we get asked this all the time, right. not necessarily Harvard, but here's the truth. There is no singular program that is going to make the difference. There are many experiences that are game-changing, and it's up to the student then to figure out how to interpret that, going back to something I said earlier, to present it so that the admissions team understands what impact it had on their life. You know, the key to the summer experience is having it make sense for the student. So they need to be able to tell a cohesive story in terms of what happened, why they did something, how it integrates with everything else they do relating to your work. And it's all about the cumulative experiences. It's not the singular experience. So, you know, we're very sensitive when parents come to us, you know, for guidance to not have these kids do these what I call one-off experiences that don't have any correlation to anything else in their life because they think that it makes sense, but it doesn't. Uh, and every teen needs a different kind of program. So I, I don't think there's one answer. It's, it's really the holistic picture that a student is about. So what do you tell them? What advice do you give them? Well, summer really is a game changer for students in so many ways at different points in their high school career. And they need to be open to different kinds of experiences to vary the comfort level and to grow. And, you know, push yourself in terms of geography or the type or the accommodations, whatever it, it might be so that you grow and you expose yourself and you explore different opportunities. One of the best things to do through all these summer experiences is to set yourself up for exploration of potential college majors or even career options. So that's a wonderful way to spend the summer. Uh, and, you know, for example, you know, go deeper in an area that, that you're interested in. So if you take a writing class in the summer, try to get into the newspaper the following year or to grow into a different leadership experience. Uh, the other thing that is great for a student to do is to balance it with a combination 
of different kinds of experiences. So it could be cerebral and, and physical. So for instance, they could be uh, doing sports training at a camp, um, and then they could be doing a campus enrichment program, or they could be doing a debate program and then travel to do service work in East Asia. So you can see how all this works together. And the other thing that we often say to our clients is, you know, think local as well as, you know, something distant. Because not every experience has to be away from home, and there's some things that are better at home uh, than they might be going away on an experience. Uh, and then the other thing is that sometimes, you know, working with a family, a child can be hesitant to embrace a residential experience. So it's sometimes wise to start with something that's a little bit shorter. The other area that we talk a lot about to our students is building skills that are going to help them in college in the future. So again, with my early stage career hat on, I think about all the skills that employers really want for their students to have in when they start a career. So how can we integrate those into the summer? How can we help you set them up so you have them earlier in you know, your, your college years? In terms of these summer academic programs, the you know, and just to clarify for folks what I'm talking about, I'm talking about these academic programs where, you know, students spend four to six weeks on a college campus and it, you know, costs thousands of dollars. Are these worth it? And what I mean by that is like, you know, what better question is probably what are the summer academic programs useful for and what are they maybe not as useful for? Well, we definitely think they're 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 worthy of of investment but everyone you know has a budget but you know you can take advantage of all kinds of academic programs in different ways so let's just maybe maybe if i could define the academic programs a little more broadly so parents understand this so they're across the country um, and some are run directly by the university in terms of offering courses, you know, in terms of a spectrum of, of areas. They could be for credit or not. Um, and then there are other programs that are run by third-party organizations that come in and kind of rent the space um, and, you know, use the university and bring in their own faculty, but they have benefits because their staff, you know, are trained in socialization and they spend more time with them. So there's pros and cons to both. And the credit discussion is something that is really something to think about. I've lived through it personally. And I say to parents, you really don't know yet the kind of conflicts or changes that your student will experience in college. So if they have the ability to earn one to three credits before they go to college, those credits will be used very well at some point in their college career. And also the other thing to keep in mind is that credits are very expensive during the year at the college. And to take them, whether it's at a community college or even at one of these other colleges, you, the, the price you will pay per credit will be far less. So it's really, there is tremendous value there just in terms of you know, the cost to the, the actual program. Uh, so they are, valuable, but you have to decide how valuable it is based on the experience that your child wants. If there's a specific focus in STEM or architecture, isn't that valuable in terms of career exploration? And, you know, you can't look at the at it from an admissions perspective in terms of are they going to like a certain university better than others. Again, this kind of goes back to the application and the essay. What did you get out of it? Did you take meaningful courses? Did you have to produce a project? I mean, these are all things to evaluate upfront so you know what the, the outcome is. But we think that they're worthy given all of these different factors.
This is solid gold, Jill. You are crushing it right now. This is really useful stuff, and I'm really appreciating it. Um, and I'm curious about you. Like, how did you spend your pre-college summer? What were your experiences like? Well, I'm happy to share my personal experiences in terms of growing up, and it, it's really kind of interesting because, you know, no one really told my parents what the what the trajectory should be for someone like me, and I kind of figured it out, and maybe that's why. I so enjoy doing what I'm doing because I've lived through this myself. So I actually followed the strategy that that we try to share with our parents when we start with younger students. So I started out going to residential overnight camps. I started with a day camp. And then I found when I was, you know, at the end of elementary school, even going into middle school, I really enjoyed performing. So I started to study professionally, you know, voice, dance, and acting. And then when I was in middle school, I decided to go to performing arts programs in the summer where we actually were entertaining kind of the local communities in terms of the the theater. And that has stayed with me my whole life. And I think those skills are vitally important, you know, for people to acquire in whatever way they're comfortable. And in fact, when I got to college, I would would do some cabaret singing. And then it was later in my life after I had children that I started to get involved with community theater again. One of the things that we actually find on the career side of, of the work that we do is that when prospective employers actually see on the resume the kinds of experiences where you're interacting with the public, it stands out in a good way, and they want to know about those experiences because there's nothing that teaches you more about life than having to interact with a diverse group of people under challenging circumstances. So tell me, what's something students should do when it comes to planning their summer, but often they don't do it? And you know, maybe it's something that you say again and again, you should really do this, and students okay. don't do it. Well, these are, I think, really important things for these students to do, and then we can talk about parents. So students should really set goals. They should go into an experience or a program knowing what they want to get out of it, because then they know what they need to put into it to accomplish that. And that's really important, and I don't think they do it enough. And that relates to not doing as good a job as they can in terms of evaluating a program fit. It looks great. There's a lot of information on the Internet that makes it sound like I'm really going to enjoy this. And then they get there, and they realize, hmm, this may not be for me. The other thing is summer is long, and they should have a calendar and a structure to their summer. It's important to have some free time, but, you know, you you can't just – lay on a beach all summer long, you need some productivity. And they should plan to put time into the actual summer program applications. This is really a precursor for college. Uh, and it, it, they start to have kind of an archive of things that they can go to when they start to have to build their essays. Or, yes, I've been through that. I remember what that's like. Oh, yeah, I had trouble with that, uploading that information. So now when I do my college application, I'll have a better familiarity with it. And they also should be applying to more than one program. I think the expectation is, like many things in their life, okay, so I'll do this. Well, it's called competition, so not everyone gets in. So, you know, again, a precursor to college applications, I know very few people who get into every single school they apply to. So it's a great experience to kind of toughen them up uh, and have a little bit of grit. Then for parents, Mm -hmm. um, they really 
do need to get involved in managing this program application process because, you know, they, they think that their students are mature and capable, but they are still maybe 15, 16, 17, and they need some management. You know, just a reminder, oh, did you get that uh, teacher recommendation? Uh, you know, did you upload the transcript? Just kind of things that check in so they know they have to move forward and have a, a deadline. And understanding kind of all the supervision and the rules that we talked about earlier in terms of a program's contract. And it's really important that someone be home in the summer when their student may be away because things do occur and there needs to be someone who can make a quick decision. And to be transparent with the programs in terms of medical, behavior, psychological, or learning situations because they can't help otherwise. And as I said earlier, being aware that things are going to happen, there will be situations, but that you're comfortable with the protocol that a program puts in place. Anybody who knows me knows that I'm super, a huge fan of the practical. And I'm always asking people, what's the practical thing? What's the step-by-step thing? And just a side note to listeners, um, Jill's written this awesome guide. It's called the Summer Guide and Planner. It's 74 pages. It's a great workbook to help parents and students think about what they really want to get out of their summer. Jill, would you just say a little bit about that and maybe even talk a little bit about why you created it in the first place? Well, one of the reasons that I created the guide was honestly, I, I have so much knowledge that I've accumulated over the years that I I really wanted to share it. I just think it's kind of basic, some of it. It may be basic to me, but I think it's a value for people to know, you know, as they go through this process, whether or not they work with us. You know, it's just information that's valuable. I'm also known to be fairly organized and methodical, and I really like processes and systems. And when I started to look in the marketplace, I found, oh, oh, great, there's books on summer activities the kids can be doing, you know, fun things in the backyard, you know, mom's home, let's play kind of thing, or to do with the babysitters. Or there would be a static book of, you know, 100 top programs to consider when you're in high school. But it, it, there wasn't anything that was giving any guidance in terms of how to evaluate options. So the guide is really a tool that allows families to digest and process all the different components about the summers so that they can establish their own priorities and you know have a unique lens through which they and their students can kind of look at the summer goals. And it provides you know parents with great questions to ask camps and programs you know, about student composition, supervision, all the things that we talked about that often get overlooked. Uh, And the other thing is, you know, now or even then when I wrote the book in terms of the advent of the internet, it's overwhelming the information. And so how do you collect and synthesize it? So, and apply it to your child. And that's basically why I wrote the guide. It's, it's great. I think my favorite part of it was this teen program evaluator that you've created, which by the way, guys, get this, this is, Jill's basically created this scorecard where families can like rate programs on a variety of factors, like return rate of staff, you know, something that I probably would have forgotten to ask about, uh, how social time is organized, you know, is it daytime, social time, nighttime, large groups, small, you know, something you mentioned earlier, what policies are around electronics. So let's just get, I want to get really practical for a second. What are, what are a few, what are three or four questions that students and parents should ask when specifically when they're trying to evaluate a program and whether a program is right? Okay. So 
Of course, they have to figure out the types of experiences that they're looking for, academic, arts, travel, service, what you know, whatever it might be. Uh, and they really have to then go through the length of the program and geography. But once you do that, there are some key questions that they should really be asking of themselves in the program to really see if this you know, makes sense. So in terms of the structure of the program, does it match who, the kind of personality and disposition and perhaps learning style and, and all those things that their teen uh, needs or does not need, you know, downtime, independence, choice, all those things. And, you know, what kind of other types of teens will my child do well with in terms of age range? Some kids do better with older versus younger, the personality, where they come from, you know, different parts of the country have different kinds of teens and different kinds of cultures. And how will my my child do with them or do they really need to be more in a microcosm of the kind of life they live right now at home and supervision level that is really important and the accommodations they are critical because we could go through the process with our students and as soon as we hit the accommodations and they tell us what they are not willing to do there are so many programs that go out the window and then you know the reality is for a parent you know what kind of tuition am i comfortable spending when is a good time to start? I mean, if, if it's, say, somebody's listening to this in April, should they freak out? Is it too late <laughs> starting in April? Or what, is, when you, what do you recommend for folks? First of all, it's never too late. Uh, people come to us in June, and we figure it out, and we find great opportunities for them. But yes, if you start earlier, the options will be greater. The options in terms of dates and courses, uh, you know, specific trip destinations, what parents don't understand is sometimes the groups are very small, and even if they run a trip twice, if there's 20 kids, that's 40 kids. I mean, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people out there that are looking to, you know, consider those two trips. So earlier gives them more options. I would say typically what happens in terms of a cycle, February and March is when the teen program applications and admissions heat up. Every day, it's something else. We have clients that, you know, last week we were working with, and, you know, because of all of our follow-up, we find out that certain courses are full, which is related to why they want to apply to the program, so we have to do a pivot. Uh, so it's important to keep that in mind. Now, some of the competitive programs actually have deadlines in December, so you need to be ahead. So I would say that the earlier you start, optimally, it would be in the fall, of the school year for the following summer, such as this past fall 2016 for summer 2017. Uh, but as you get later in the year, be more open to dates and geography and types of programs. That's what we would advise. Oh, one more thing that I think that is important is that students don't understand that teachers are very busy and they need to get recommendations. So giving a teacher or a request for a recommendation in March that's due tomorrow isn't really going to fly, and it's going to right. leave not a positive mark on them if you go back to them the following year for your recommendation for college. So be mindful of that. Right. Are there certain summers that are more important than others, or are they all kind of important? Well, colleges and universities really want to see progress. So they, they want to see not just the progress in summer, but as I said earlier, how that summer is, the, is part of the spoke in the wheel that leads to something greater and deeper because they want to see a story at the end of the day. So whatever that arc is for that person is what matters. You know, typically I, I would say that it would be great 
for each successive summer to be stronger and better because it relates to your own growth, meaning that if you had the most pivotal experience of your life when you were a freshman and you haven't had it since, you know, a, a, a university might say, well, why didn't they push themselves again? What happened? You know, you don't want to leave so many unanswered questions in the mind of an admissions officer. You want them to nod their head and go, yeah, wow, that, okay, that makes sense, that makes sense. I mean, things happen in life, but try to build on something. So, you know, we go from, let's go from exploration to depth to refinement to a focus. So the earlier we can start with a student, the more focused they're going to be and the stronger their story will be. So, it, but again, it does come down to the cumulative experiences. But one thing on the flip note of this, which is you don't want to have an anomaly summer where an admissions person sees a red flag and says, why did they do this? So that's just as important mm. in terms of not having right. a red flag summer that makes them feel there's an issue here. Right. I love that thing that it almost sounded like a funnel. Will you give me that? What was the depth, the refinement focus thing? Will you repeat that? That was really good. So it's exploration, then it's depth, then it's refining the interest or passion based on, you know, that depth. And then it's a real focus in terms of who you are and what you're interested in. Right. And, you know, gosh, if in the ideal scenario, right, students are thinking about this when they're toddlers, <laughs> or maybe not, I don't know if that's ideal, but early on, right? So ninth grade, right? But let's say a kid, what do you, what do, you do with those students who are just totally lost? They come in, I don't know what I'm interested in. I don't know what I want to do. And it's, you know, junior year, or let's say that rising seniors, and they have no idea what they want to do. It's June. What, how do you, you know, what do you tell those students and those parents? Well, I think that um, the overall expectations of you know, making a mark and, and discovering yourself overnight is something that's not realistic. And we talk to parents about that. You know, we talk to them, well, if they haven't really done anything, and this is the first time they are doing something, let's be realistic in terms of what you can accomplish. So we look at all the different things. You know, when we work with the clients, we do a tremendous intake and we ask a lot of questions and sometimes the student or parent doesn't understand why we're asking the question but we're doing everything we can to extract who they are and find that that nugget of ah okay this matters to them they didn't even realize this and engage them in conversation so we'll try to pursue things related to that or if they still don't have, you know, we can't, which this has never happened. We've always found something that a student is interested in. But for that student that it's not a parent, it's not working, then we're going to focus on building a skill that's going to help them in their senior year of college or relates to going off to college. So it can be that simple. But again, that's growth. That's something you didn't do mm -hmm. before. And it's something you're going to learn about yourself. And it, at least it shows progress. We're looking for progress. Right. Right. That's really good. That's good stuff. Um, what are some of the your favorite or the weirdest or best summer adventures you've heard of? You've worked with a lot of students. Give us a, give us a couple gems that you remember. Well, I love when they combine different experiences, which is really great. So, you know, for instance, you could work and care for wolves while you're camping in a wolf sanctuary. You could explore climate change and journalism with a professor 
um, or a professional reporter, you could go to Iceland, or you could be studying with an American professor uh, at a university in Germany or Spain. Um, this one I really like, which is working with Disney agents in a voice acting studio, which mm. is kind of cool. I did or, that last week, actually. <laughs> oh, you did? Oh, wow. Uh, and then you could be, um, you know, working on uh, being part of designing a system, you know, for, you know, bikes or public transport in Scandinavia. Uh, or another one that's really interesting that I kind of s seeing a trend with is, for instance, taking STEM and you study with people who are leaders in engineering and coding, uh, but you're working with the editor of a niche magazine so you can see how the actual products kind of get developed and then promoted. So I think these are really kind of very interesting experiences. Wow. Well, so I got inspired, Jill, by your uh, teen program evaluator, and I ran off and I created get this guys, I created a two minute summer planning exercise and I want to test it out and see if it works. So I'm wondering, Jill, if you would be willing to, this is kind of vulnerable for me because I'm like actually speaking to the summer expert and I'm actually going to try and help her plan her summer for a second. So Jill, see, would, you, would you be willing to roll with me on this? It's going to take like two minutes. Um, but I'm wondering if you would help me, uh, let me help you, the summer planner extraordinaire, plan your summer. Would you be open to that? I'll be open to it, and we'll see if everyone thinks it's interesting from what I will share. So. <laughs> okay, cool. So um, now, first of all, I'm, I'm assuming probably, you know, you've got some things in mind, uh, you know, for your summer, so it's probably going to make my job a little easier. But, um, okay, here goes. So, uh, Jill, I want you to, uh, and by the way, anybody can do this exercise. You can close your eyes and play along here if you want. But, um, you know, so I want you to just imagine for yourself something that you would like to do this summer that is fun. So, Jill, imagine in your mind something, yourself doing something fun. Okay. And let me know when I you've got, got it. it. You got it? Okay. Now, I want you to think about what would it, what would, what could you do to change that experience to make it even more fun? Okay. Okay. Now I want you to do it once more. What would make that experience even more fun? Okay. Okay, I actually lied. We're going to do it one more time. And I want you to imagine what would make that the greatest experience ever. Okay. Okay. What, what did you come up with? So uh, a biking trip out west with my family um, and you know, having all of my kids with me, because when they get to be young adults, it's not easy to organize everyone's calendars. And I am hoping for uh, good weather <laughs> um, and uh, no injuries. Uh, uh, so that's what I'm really hoping for. That sounds really great. Um, okay, I'm going to do one more. One more, another minute exercise. Bear with me. Okay, now I want you to imagine one thing that you could get done this summer that would make it a productive summer. Mm-hmm. Okay, and everybody feel free to play along here. Okay, now what could you do? Actually, let me ask this question first. Think for a second about why that thing is important to you. Like, why would you want or need to do that thing? What need will that fulfill for you? Okay. Okay. Now I want you to think about, in terms of the productivity, how could you get it done in, say, half the time? Okay. 
<laughs> Thanks for playing along. Okay, what's the thing? I feel like we're doing like a magic trick, and I'm I like, know. show us your card. <laughs> okay, Jill, show us your card. What was what's the productive thing? Well, um, one thing I would really like to get done this summer is I would really, like many other parents, I'd like to organize my all of my digital photos. Oh, and nice. I, and why? Because, you know, memories are critical. I mean, it's all about experiences in life. So I have so many photos, you know, and when I say that, it's not just the photos just that you have on your own uh, phone, but it's also photos that your family has. It's photos that people post posted on Facebook. It's all these different experiences. Uh, you know, just so as you get older, you have these memories. When, when my kids were young, we used to have film you would develop. So I have boxes organized you know, of, of all of these, these pictures. So that's, that's great. And I, which related to this too, is my husband would really like to digitize all of, <laughs> all of our, the videos of my children growing up. So that, that will be his project. Yeah. My dad is trying to do the same thing. And okay. So let me just ask the third question then. Okay. That sounds like it could take the entire summer up. What's one thing you could do to get that process done in less time? Well, two things. One is, and I started to do it is start to delete all of those silly things that we keep on our phone as photos. I mean, w one thing that's an organizational tool for me is I try to write down very little and I try to take pictures of things so that I remember them when I have to go food shopping, but I don't need all those pictures. <laughs> Not that I bought those items. So it would be slowly deleting the pictures that don't mean anything and then organizing them into albums. So eventually when I got to print them out, it wasn't as, as massive of a project. That sounds cool. That sounds like it actually would be pretty productive and pretty okay. fun. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Joel, for humoring me and, and doing my, you know, my fun and productive summer exercise. Um, it's time for show and tell, which is the part of the podcast where I like to ask my guests to just bring something to share that, um, you know, that's, that's been useful or, you know, in, important in your life. And I actually, in talking to Jill about this before we set up the podcast, I actually saw something that she has that is really productive and useful. And I said, hey, Jill, can we snag that for the show and tell section? So um, do you want to set this up or do you want me to set this no, up? No, please go you ahead. You're, you're doing a great job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to take over show and tell this time. So, okay. So this part that I mentioned earlier in the, the summer planning guide, this teen program evaluator, it's, you know, it's, it's a few pages from this guide, but it's so awesome. And it basically walks folks through, you know, how to evaluate one of these summer programs. Um, is there anything that I, that we haven't said about it yet, Jill, that, that you want like to just get folks to sort of like check it out? Well, the, it's set up as grids. So it's really, easy to compare a series of programs, you know, across all of the numerous factors that you should be considering. So at the end of the day, you have a snapshot so that you can think things will pop out, you know, as either creating patterns, oh, they're all similar in that capacity, or wow, this program is much smaller. This could be better for me. So it's really synthesizing things and having a visual picture of comparing the programs. And I think that's very valuable. It's so valuable. I mean, it seems to me that it would be so valuable. And I said, Jill, can I snag this from your guide? And can we, you know, let folks have this? And she said, sure, we can do that. So if you check out the click in the show notes, you'll see this teen program evaluator. You can download it, check it out. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Um, if you really want more, you can click through and you can go and see her uh, book, which is so rad. You can get the ebook version or you can get, you know, just a hard copy version through her website. And all the info will be in the show notes for that. 
So check them out. My show-and-tell offering, even though I kind of stole Jill's, so apologies again, is an article that I wrote called How to Plan a Fulfilling or Productive Pre-College Summer. And you can find it in the show notes. And I've got some tips for what is the one book you should read this summer if you want to be more productive. Uh, I also share my top-secret stash of really great reads, uh, a link to all of the TED Talks ever created on one Google spreadsheet, my two-minute exercise for how to make your summer more fun or more productive, and a link to something called How to Get Anything Done in 30 Days, which I use with my students when they're planning their summers, but it'll work for parents and counselors for whatever you're trying to get done in the next month. So check it out in the show notes. Jill, thank you. I, I so appreciate your time and energy. And if there was one thing you wanted folks to, you know, wanted to leave us with, what, what would it be? It would be to encourage your teens in the summer to really challenge themselves and use it as a time to learn more about who they are so that as they start to go through the college process, they're more confident and they have kind of barometers to kind of check themselves against as they go through different experiences because whether you like something or you don't like in the summer, they're both incredibly valuable lessons so that when you get eventually to looking at colleges and making a choice, you've had experiences before that. Thank you. I just appreciate you and appreciate your work in this world. Thank you. That's the podcast. Thanks for listening. Make sure to check out the resources on the show notes page. And if you've got a moment, leave a review on iTunes. I'd appreciate it. And also, if you've got a guest in mind that you think would make a really good addition to the podcast, email me at info at collegeessayguy.com. Just give me a quick few lines on who the person is and why you think the person would make a great guest, even if that person is yourself. Thanks so much. And as always, stay curious. Stay curious.